What's up, guys, and welcome to episode number 19 of Bootstrap Growth. I am your host, Ned Eric, and today I am super pumped because I want to talk about a new strategy um, that, I'm, that I'm employing here at Halos, as well as some thought processes I've got around my strategy. And so happy Monday, everyone. Hope you guys are having a wonderful week or a start to your week. Um, I'll probably post this Tuesday, so happy Tuesday. Um, it's Monday as I'm recording this. But today, I, you'll note, actually, let me, let me start here. You'll notice, if you guys follow me on LinkedIn, that I've started to change up my LinkedIn tactics a little bit. I'm posting a lot more frequently, two, three, sometimes four times a day. And it's just thoughts. And I'm just posting random thoughts up there. Um, and what I'm doing is I'm testing out I'm using LinkedIn sort of as a testing ground for the podcast. If there's a lot of engagement or interaction on a post, I want to make sure that I explain to you guys here, um, sort of as, again, remember, I've, I've built this to be a mastermind. So I want to give you everything that I know. LinkedIn is sort of going to be like the, the precursor, right? And so today is about a post I made this morning about micro-marketing. For those of you guys that don't know what micro-marketing is, just marketing on a small scale, really niche down. Realistically, what micro-marketing is is sort of like account-based marketing, right? Uh, it's just got a cool little name to it, right? And so what I've found and what I'm doing, and actually, let me just read the post real quick. I'll read it word for word. It says, treat your outreach like marketing, talking to salespeople, micro-marketing, but marketing nonetheless. Each touch should educate and entertain your prospect. When I'm writing up an email, shooting a video, or making a call, it's that day's Super Bowl ad for the prospect. See, I think that a lot of times as salespeople, you know, we get so caught up in the product. We get so caught up in the, the, the day-to-day, I need to do these X amount of tasks, I need to talk to X amount of people, I need to, if I, if I can get to, if I have to get my quota, I know that I've got an uh, you know, a 30% close rate, which means that I've got this and I've got to do these things. I've got to have this many demos, which is awesome. I mean, dude, you should see I have, an, I have an Excel spreadsheet that has all of this. But one thing that trumps everything is experience. And I want to explain this to you in a way that maybe you guys will sort of understand. And um, I'll explain it to you in, in a way that, you know, Super Bowl ads, right? I still remember my favorite Super Bowl ads from even like 10 years ago, shoot, 10 years ago, shoot, like 17, 20 years ago. I still remember them, right? Like, do you guys remember the, the blockbuster hamster video where it was like, it was the two hamsters in their cage or blockbuster and it was like, shake what your mama gave you. Like the same, the, 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 what was it? Bud Light. Was it Bud Light that had like the waza like that, right? Those are, from what, the early 2000s? And I still remember those because of the experience that they drove, right? They were funny, they're interactive. Can I tell, like, it's the, like the Bud Light was at the Dilly Dilly. Is that Dilly Dilly? I don't freaking remember. Um, But like that, that kind of stuff. Like people were like actually saying that out loud in places, their t-shirts made. Like it's one of those things that I look at and, and experience trumps everything. What's interesting about those commercials is this. Number one, they're marketing, they're advertising. Number two, 
They never explicitly say buy my stuff. They never explicitly give you sort of this, um, like, Hey, the pain is going to go away. They never give you like a benefit. What they do is they entertain you. Right now, on the other hand, I got a LinkedIn connect and pitch about three weeks ago. I get a LinkedIn connect and pitch at least once a day, but this one really stood out because I kind of let it slide. Usually if you connect and pitch with me, connect and pitch me, I'll just block you immediately. But for some reason, maybe because, because it was a, a financial planner and my wife's and is runs a, runs a sales team for a FinTech firm. Maybe, I don't know what it was. Maybe I just completely forgot, but I got connected and pitched and it was a, it was a long pitch. Hey, Ned, hope you're doing well in these hard times, bro. It's not March anymore. That's done. Um, and then went on to basically tell me like everything under the sun about what they do and how they can help. And, you know, uh, and then gave me like a calendar link. And then over the next, the past three weeks, I've been on this, like, I guess like cadence. I don't know. It, it's, I'm, I'm trying to figure out what it was. All right. I, I guess I deleted it, but it was, it was pretty sporadic. Um, and it just wasn't, it wasn't a good cadence, but, um, anyway, I, I was a part of this cadence and today was sort of the straw that broke the camel's back. And I, I blocked the guy because he messaged me and said, what's a better way to get a hold of you? Number one, you've only tried one way. You haven't sent me an email. You haven't given me a phone call. You haven't shot me a video. What do you mean? What's a better way, dude? What you, you, typing on LinkedIn is the only way that you can get a hold of me? That number one, uh, but number two, like what an audacious question to ask me. Like you literally have spent three weeks spamming my LinkedIn inbox. And sure, I could block this. I know, and, and, and I'm not going to go into this, but how, why would you ask that? Like, do you think that I'm going to be like, oh man, sorry, I don't check my LinkedIn inbox. Appreciate it. Like, you know, maybe someone does that, but for me, no. But I want you, I want you to delineate here the differences in my tonalities, but also in the stories themselves. Let's think back to 2002 or whenever the, the gerbil hamster, I don't, by the way, does anyone know the difference between a gerbil and a hamster? Like for real though? Like, I bet you, if my wife actually listened to this, my wife's a super animal person. I bet she'd be like, well, a gerbil is a maximum of four ounces. I don't know, whatever. But like, if you know the difference between a gerbil and a hamster, good for you. Um, But that commercial, the shake what your mama gave you commercial, right? That's 17 years ago, 20 years ago. I don't know when it was, but I still remember that to this day because it entertained me And it gave me an experience or it added to an already great experience that I was having. And I want you to think about that as a salesperson. The the CFP, the financial advisor that reached out to me, offered me a poor experience from the start because he didn't take the time to not, I don't care about personalization. You don't need to, you don't need to reach out and tell me how amazing my LinkedIn posts are. You don't need to do that. Just be relevant to me. Tell me some pains that a VP of growth at a, at a bootstrap startup would have. Do you want me to tell you what my pains are? I'll tell you this. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Um, tech, personnel, 
human resources, everything. Can I say everything? There's a lot of pain, but for you to just give me, just vomit all of these things onto me. And by the way, if you're a certified financial planner that follows this and you are listening, don't pitch me for the mere fact I've had a financial planner for five years. She's my girl. She's hooked me up. And also my wife works for a fintech firm. So like, don't pitch me, but like, we can be friends still. Like, that's cool. But anyway, um, the experiences were so different. And if we look at this, we, I want you to understand that your initial outreach as a salesperson, as a marketer, whatever, if, maybe you're a marketer and you're running a, a Facebook ad, your initial outreach, your initial movement into the world of somebody else is an experience. And that experience opens the window to the soul of perceived experience moving down the road. I want to say that in a better way because in my mind, what I was saying was a lot smarter than actually came out of my mouth. So basically what I'm saying here is your initial outreach provides an experience. And then subconsciously, maybe consciously, subconsciously, that one experience opens up a window for me to view into the future of what the experience is perceived to be. So understand that this financial advisor gave me a view into what our relationship would be. It would be something that we would not interact with one another until I agreed to something from him that he didn't care about me. He talked about him, the entire pitch, and the rest of the pitches continued to talk about him until he sent me a, hey, how, what is a better way for me to reach out to you? That which, any other way. I should have probably, when he said, what's a better way to reach out to you? I would have been like, not like this, but you know, we 2020 hindsight, right? But he created this experience that at, at, at the first step, I knew that I did not want to experience anything further with him because I had a poor experience. It's the same thing that if you go to a restaurant, you get food poisoning, guess what? You probably aren't going back to that restaurant. I still to this day will not eat spinach because when I was like six, I ate like a spinach dip, which it probably wasn't the spinach, but I ate spinach dip and I got food poisoning. To this day, I refuse to eat spinach. The end, bye-bye, no more spinach for Ned. Why? Because of the experience. And so as salespeople, you need to think about the first initial experience that you're providing for this prospect. And we talked about this when it comes to cold calls. It's I'm speaking directly to people's problems because I want to make sure that they understand that, hey, I understand you, but also that I'm, I've worked with people that are like you, right? Giving a little bit of a certainty, like, hey, man, like they're, they're, they're these drivers, right? There's, there's, there's sameness, right? They want to make sure that you're the same as them. They want to make sure that you, that they're certain that, that, that there's some sort of um, just likeness in what they are, right? 
You've worked with people. You have social proof. There are certain things you have to do in just all interactions as pretty much human beings, right? That, w- that is in every sort of interaction that we do. And so the reason that the Blockbuster commercial years after Blockbuster no longer exists and Netflix takes over my living room every night when I walk through that door Unless it's Food Network night because my boo loves watching Food Network and I love when my boo watches Food Network because then my boo makes me food. I'll be honest, dude. Like my wife is literally the best. And I can say that because she does not listen to this podcast because so you know I'm being real. Um, But like she's literally the best. She makes all my food. So if there's a, a, a girl listening to this, fast forward 15 seconds because I'm about to tell you how awful of a husband I am. So it's probably gonna make you not like me, but she makes all my food, does all my laundry, cleans the house, takes care of my baby, does all this while she has a full-time job. It's ridiculous. Anyway, get yourself a girl that can do everything, I guess. But I don't even know where I was. Why do I do things like that? Bootstrapped family. Why do I do things like that? So dumb. But the reason that that commercial from Blockbuster still sits in my memory, in my medulla oblongata, is because it gave me an experience, it added to an experience, and it added positively to that experience. How can you do that as a salesperson? So here's sort of the strategy I'm running at Halos right now. We're the first, the first right now we're, we're doing a, so let me kind of backtrack here. We've had, we sort of created a market, a different market and then some market segmentation. Uh, there's a couple of things that I, I, I really wanted to like test out and, and figure out just based on some of the things that were happening internally. And so I got about 50 leads that I was like, oh, cool. That, that I, I got myself, did some research into, we marketed, we segmented this market and we're sort of reach, we're just doing cold reach out, right? And so what I'm doing in this is we talk to a couple of the physicians that are inside, that are in the groups that we already work with. And we kind of asked them a couple of questions, figured some things out. I did a couple of jobs to be done interviews, did some, you know, some data, some all that. We found out that there were a couple of problems um, that people that were doing this were dealing with, that, that were in this new program is what it is. It's a, it's a program run by the government, right? And so um, basically what happened was um, what we're doing right now is we're creating or we have created an outreach strategy. And this outreach strategy hinges on a couple of things. It hinges on complexity to simplicity frustration with the analysis and aggregation of data, and then the anxiety, which is these all three words, all of these three words are things that they have that that have been used by people that we've talked to. Anxiety about fulfilling measures that have been set forth by the program, right? And so what we're doing is we are in the process of implementing a micro-marketing aka a sales campaign to these people around these three pains. 
The basic premise of this is that we are going to create an experience of urgency. This is the thought process behind it. Basically, you know, hey, we're working with other organizations that are struggling with the complexity of the current payment model, frustrated with analyzing and aggregating the disparate data and anxious about fulfilling the quality uh, and utilization measures set forth by the program. And that was, wow, I can't believe I remembered that off the top of my head. Um, this isn't something you're dealing with over at your organization, is it? If not, totally fine. Just let me know and I'll kick rocks. If any of this is something you're dealing with, um, you know, would it make sense for us to have a quick call to explore mutual fit? I want you to understand that that right there, although it sounds very cut and dry, by the way, that's the first email. It's not a video. It's an email. And then I'll kind of tell you like the rest of the cadence in a second. But that's the first email that they're going to get from us. And this is why. And I want you to kind of th think about this with me for a second. Not once did I talk about myself. Understand that the people that you're talking with do not care about you at all. Hey, John, the only time that we even, I even say, like, I don't even say our, our, uh, our company name, John, we're working with organizations involved with this program that are struggling with these three pains. This isn't something you're dealing with, is it? Right. Again, go for no. And then if not, totally fine. Just let me know. I'll kick rocks. A little bit of humor. Not super funny, but cool. Um, but if this is anything you're dealing with, let me know. Would it make sense for us to get a quick call? And then from there, this is what I'm doing here, is I am opening up the door to say, hey, I know you have these three problems. Maybe. I don't know. But based on the, the, the data that we have, the people that we've talked to, where you are, what you're doing, how you're doing it, we, we, I'm inferring that you have this pain. And then from there, the entertainment and the education is going to start happening. So the basic strategy behind what we're doing here is this, is we are going to play the game. What we're going to do here is we are going to be highly relevant at a very high level at scale and say, hey, here are the three problems that organizations like yours normally have. Quick email. And then from there, what I'm going to do is I'm going to actually do it. I know people don't like this. I'm going to do a reply email with a video of me introducing the problems. So it's going to be a video of my face. So they're going to see me re. So they're going to go, it's going to be attached to this. What it's going to say, it's going to, and I haven't really fully scripted all of these things out but I'm really, and I'm, I'm sort of trying to figure out as we go and kind of figure out like I'm doing the first 50 and then seeing kind of how things go. But from there, it's, it's going to be a video that's going to have some social proof in it. And it's going to say, hey, and, and basically what I'm going to do is I'm going to share my screen and I'm going to show what an organization was able to do with their MRA and MLR, right? Some of you guys may not be able to do this. Some of you may have, may be able to. So I'm just going to say, you know, hey, John, um, 
it's Ned. Um, you know, a couple months back, we were able to help XYZ company increase their MRA, decrease their MLR, and make sure that they hit all their quality metrics and they actually 3X their revenue moving into 2021 or 2020, whatever it may be. Um, hey, man, if you're open for a quick call, let me know. If not, man, just let me know. I'll kick rocks. See you, bud. Something quick like that. Show them the product, right? And I will say, I, I had the guy that pulled this data for us, like pull up LinkedIn. And unfortunately, most of these people aren't on LinkedIn, which sucks, but which is crazy. A lot of doctors aren't on LinkedIn, but which is a really general statement. But a lot of these doc, the of the 50 that they pulled, right? So what I did there is, is, is I want you to understand the thought process. Pain. Hey, do you have this pain, these pains? Remember, it's multiple pains. Then I hone in on some social poof really quickly. Hey, this, I mean, this is two days later. Hey, video, social proof. Look what we did. Look what we've done. Just like you, person, just like you. Look what we've done. Look what we've been able to help them with. From there, I'm going to send them another email, right? And then this email will actually break down the pain with something attached to it. We're actually building out educational resources for each of these. And it's basically going to say, hey, I know that the complexity of the payment model was tough, but I've actually attached our, you know, a PDF that shows you exactly how you can optimize or, uh, you know, opti- yeah, optimize the, the payments coming from the payers. No call to action. Depending on what they do with it, open it, click it, whatever, there, there'll be a follow-up. But then after that, we're going to go to the second problem. What I'm going to do here is I'm actually going to show them how easy it is to use our product. Again, social proof, so video. This is the one where it's frustrated analyzing and aggregating data. Hey, John, trust me, you know, we, we were working with company XYZ and they had issues and this is what they did. They upload the data. Look at this. So, you know, depending on what questions you have, here's how easy it is to find it. Hey, man, have a good one. No call to action. And then the last one is fulfilling utilization measures set forth by the program, right, and, and quality measures. Um, and right now this one is, is again, um, is going to be like an if and then sort of thing where it's an email, um, with some educational resources on it. If this happens, then do this. This is what we've seen work best. Right. And then from there, I'm actually going to give them a call. So this is right now. It's been maybe eight days total, nine days, 10 days. And so from there, I'm going to give them a call. And that call is going to be exactly what we talked about last time, right? Remember, we, if you go back to last episode, we talked all about the cold call framework, right? I may leave that voicemail, that short voicemail. Hey, Mike, John, whatever I've been calling this fake prospect, <laughs> I'm hoping you can help. You can answer a quick question regarding your whatever, claims data, printing and copying, sales engagement. When you have 90 seconds today, Reach me at 240. That's the first three digits of my phone number. By the way, if you know where 240 is, go Terps. Also, go Washington football team. Anyway.
Yeah. Anyway, um, you know, or I'm going to talk to a gatekeeper or I may get to the person. And remember, it's, hey, John, Ned with Halos. Doesn't sound familiar, does it? It's okay. Sounds like it caught you a little bit of a bad time. No? Awesome. Or yes. Hey, listen, I can give you the reason for my call in about 60 seconds and then can you just, and then you can decide if we should keep talking. Is that okay? Cool. Great. Pitch them. Hey, we're working with other companies, working with other VPs of product. We're working with whatever that are struggling with these three things. This isn't something you're dealing with, is it? No. Yes. And then we drive. And that is what's happening right now. But I want you to understand that every single one of these outreaches has been created to be an experience. And what I think is so often confused and and conflated in this world is that an experience has to be you being funny. An experience has to be, be you being goofy or different. No. An experience just has to be something highly relevant to that person. At that time, at that company, doing what they're doing, creating the experience that they're either entertained or educated. It's that simple. It doesn't have to be something goofy. It doesn't have to be something that that is so crazy off the wall, like you singing a song or rapping. No. The reason that this works, and this is the same cadence, by the way, that I do for the MSOs that we work with. Obviously, different, different things, but, and obviously, if they don't get back to you, they go into a nurture, but we'll get there maybe later. I don't know. Your experience does not have to be crazy. Stop. Take that away. Take that out of your mind space. Take that out. Your experience has to be something that your prospect is going to enjoy. And sure, do I add humor to emails? Do I add humor to videos? Yes, absolutely. Do I add my personality? A hundred percent. But it doesn't mean to go crazy. It doesn't mean to do these weird things to get people's attention, right? Like it does not mean like one, one guy said he, he played a guitar outside of a restaurant like to get someone's attention. Like it doesn't mean that. Like can you do that? Sure. Does it work? I guess. I don't know. Would I do it? No. But I want you to think as a salesperson, how can I market myself? I think too often we're so focused on this personal brand. Oh, how are my LinkedIn followers? Oh, am I a part of this group? Can I put this new group on my LinkedIn page? Forget that. What is your brand internally with your prospects? Forget your personal brand. What's your prospect brand? Forget your personal brand. What's your prospect brand? That's what matters. Your personal brand is becoming this vain, ego-driven thing that really doesn't help you, except maybe it gets you on a couple podcasts. You got some quote-unquote influencers that are like, oh, this guy's really cool, and you become an influencer. You know what matters more than influencers calling you out on LinkedIn, your prospects 
replying to your emails and phone calls. I've been on a lot of podcasts. I'd probably say 20 by now. Plus run my own. You're listening to it if you didn't realize that. You know how much business I've done because of the podcast I've been on? Not much. I think actually back in the day when I was in fitness, I did a little bit, but since then, not much. I get, I get it. I'm building a personal brand too. Like I get it. Bootstrap growth is my personal brand, right? Like this is my brand. Like this is cool, right? Like I get it. But stop thinking so much about what you're going to post on LinkedIn tomorrow and start focusing on how you can market to your prospect. How can you educate them? How can you entertain them? How can you create value for the person in front of you? Remember that people are inclined to run from pain. To sprint towards pleasure. People leave pain to sprint towards pleasure. So if I'm going to create an experience with someone that I need them to run away from where they are right now, the status quo, I am going to create an experience that hurts a little bit. Not a lot. I'm not like that mean. I'm going to create an experience that they go, dang, I do have that pain. And this guy knows what he's talking about. And he's helped these people get to this point. I want to be there too. What is your prospect brand? Because we are so focused on these, our LinkedIn posts and our engagement on posts and like, dude, there's a a literal company that charges us to see what our LinkedIn engagement is, dude. Like for real. (laughs) So anyway, micro marketing, sales, experience, cadences, cold calls, marketing, whatever. Create an experience that someone, that, 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 your, that your prospect is going to be drawn to. I care more about my prospect brand than my personal brand. And I want you to remember that your first initial experience that you provide someone is going to either drive them to you or drive them away. Very few experiences that people have with salespeople or marketing or companies or brands, whether it be personal or company are mundane. And if they are, people forget about them. And guess what? You're not even, there's not a thought. So what's my challenge today as I end this episode number 19, almost episode number 20, by the way, I'll do a Q and a for episode number 20. I'm yawning. Wow. (sighs) Can't go without can't go an episode of Bootstrap Growth without Ned Young. What what experience can you create? What experience is going to provide someone education or entertainment from you? Right. And again, entertainment is something simple, right? Like 
part of my, so like the videos in which I'm showing them how people have done, like I'm showing them results of past clients or current clients. That's entertainment. That's not necessarily education. I'm not being like, oh, they did it this way. I'm saying, hey, look, right? So how can you be in, again, your experience does not have to be crazy. It doesn't have to be goofy. It doesn't have to be funny. It doesn't have to be anything off the wall. I just challenge you guys to think deeper. Think further. Because what's happening right now in the world of sales and marketing, and we're starting to go back to the way things were pre-COVID. We're starting to go back to the way that things were before we kind of got forced out of our comfort zone. And you're finding a new comfort zone. Unfortunately, the comfort zone is LinkedIn. Um, But again, you're finding a new comfort zone. Get out of that comfort zone and create an experience that is going to draw people to you and it's going to build your prospect brand. Rewind this. Listen to exactly what I said about the cadence that I'm building. I start with three problems. If they don't respond, I send them a video with social proof immediately afterwards, not immediately, two days after, with a reply email. From there, I'm breaking out those three problems. I'm sending another video. They're getting a phone call. And then they're going to enter into a nurture um, at that point. That right there is how you can create prospect experience. And I'll obviously keep you up to date on everything that's going on here. But I've seen this work with our other people, our other ICPs, our other other clients. So I know it possibly can work. But I want you to understand that you need to start creating experiences that are going to add on to the experiences that you have created prior. Not deter, not defer from or deter from them. Right? Because once you give a bad experience. Those are the things that people remember. Those are the things that people run from. Remember, if you, if you are the pain, people are going to run from you. I hope this was helpful. Remember, forget your person. Don't forget your personal brand. Put your personal brand to the side. Let's bring up this prospect brand. Let's really start to focus on creating experiences for the people that you know that you can help. If they really truly are an ICP and you know that you can help, it's your obligation to create an experience that makes them run from their pain into the promised land that you provide. And you can do it with the exact cadence that I gave you today. Do it. Micro market the hell out of your prospects and create a personal or create a, pr- a prospect brand that pays the bills beyond measure. I love y'all. I'll see y'all for episode number 20.